trying something new. It might not be so good, but we're stuck inside, and we might just die. So let's try a new hobby. Still learning the ukulele. Ukulele is back. It is back in full swing. If you listen to the past three episodes, two of them had no ukulele and one of them had a previous recording. So I missed it. I missed our little intro bit. And on that note, hello, I am Kate, the one who bought Glow in the Dark Halloween pajamas yesterday. Oh my gosh, such an icon. And I'm Jude, the one who made a sheet pan dinner this week that was entirely edible. Including the pan. <laughs> Mostly edible. And this is Friends of Niche Hobbies, a podcast where we try new niche hobbies. I'm just going to leave it at that now. Just keep it simple. Yeah, let's just, you know what? Editing. Less is more. Less is more. Mm-hmm. Quick update. So we are, this is our first time recording in actually not quite a month, but like almost. We last recorded on October 15th. It's the 6th. Hey, I'm just saying, you're being a little three dramatic. Three weeks. You're not the only one who's dramatic, dude. Um. So we are, unfortunately, a part again. So we got to record three episodes together while Jude was here. Go listen to if you haven't already. They're all wonderful, they obviously. Sure um, very, very wide mom energy. Uh, in, in particular, the Halloween episode with spooky stories. I did get a text from my mother-in-law, hi Liz, um, about um, how she'll never look at their doorbell camera the same again. So I'm glad I could instill that fear in other people, not just me. This is why you shouldn't have a doorbell camera. You know, just just let them see it up on you. When it's your time, it's your time. See, I like my doorbell camera though because when I'm lying in bed and I think I hear a noise, I can check the doorbell camera and see if someone actually came I don't know what I'll ever do if they're like oh there's yeah. someone breaking our oh, house is. approximately five minutes ago oh my Great. gosh you imagine that would actually be fully terrifying was, it, yeah no hmm. mark that down what a good short tm yeah. we are trademarking that story tm 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 on that note Jude what were you for Halloween what did you do shall we do a quick Halloween note did you dress up at all for Halloween um so okay, I had I had a very fun Halloween weekend. I took a long weekend. I volunteered at Food Stash in Vancouver, which is a charity uh, that has several different uh, like they collect basically food that is expired or close to expiry from grocery stores that are partnered with. About ninety percent of it, they then uh, don't like they have it shipped out to other places that can use it to like make food and stuff as long as it's all safe. But then ten percent of it, they actually have uh, go to their warehouse in east van and they package um i helped package like 20 food boxes for people um, with different dietary restrictions that they needed based off of that food and also finding the food that's good so they were we were doing like beets and like you know some of them had gone moldy so you're just picking out like the bad stuff and making sure you put in the good stuff and it was really fun to do and they also have a pay what you can market at the front of it and a community kitchen so for those of you who don't know community kitchens in vancouver uh opened up recently and i, I it's at least a half dozen fridges around the city uh, that are stocked up by anybody. Anybody can stock them. Uh, there's a list of wants on the front of the uh, fridge. 
that anybody could put in. And so you can help those who are more vulnerable or food insecure in your community. So, Love it. Yeah. So that's part of this is that they're able to stock a lot of stuff. They also get a, uh, lots of produce that farmers can't, like that either farmers have too much of it, they can't use it, or they want to donate it towards like a good cause. So I did that on Friday. It was really, really fun. Unfortunately, they're a little bit popular, so I can't find another volunteer shift, which like what a good problem for them to have. It's true. Um, but besides that, I went to a tea tasting at Cultivate Tea on Sunday on Halloween. And Megan and I dressed up in like really 70s style, I guess. So I wore like, I have like this orange velour flare pants and I wore uh, them with like my like Doc Martin loafers and like a turtleneck and then my kind of Columbo jacket that I have. It was actually quite the iconic look. Megan also did like kind of a, like a Velma 70s look with like skirt. She wore a skirt, which was very strange. But like orange thigh highs, turtleneck, like cool coat. So we did like kind of a 70s look. But then for the actual evening of October uh, or of Halloween, I just watched horror movies nonstop and it was phenomenal. Love it. Yeah. So I guess I dress up like someone from the 70s for the second year in the row in a row. Uh so I also dressed last year. COVID. COVID. Uh next year I'm hoping I want to dress up as Rigby from the regular show because he's a raccoon and I could just get a raccoon onesie, which would be great. Nice. Um, yeah, what did you do, Kate? I, on Halloween, on the Friday, I don't think we did anything. So we got into um, Squid Game. Nice. Shortly before Halloween. And we finished it, and I, this isn't really spoiler at all, but near the end, there are these characters, the VIPs, and they wear these masks that are, they look like animals, but they're gold. And they're really cool, and I was like, what a cool Halloween costume. And in one part they're wearing suits and another part they're wearing robes. They always have these masks on. I was like, well, that wouldn't be that hard to make. And I was, cause I, you know, had this idea for Halloween and I just, I just wasn't feeling it this year. I think it's just, yeah, like I loved the Halloween, like the scary movies and all that other stuff that we did. But yeah, I just was like the dressing up and the whole, I was like, eh. So I was like, those costs, like those wouldn't be that hard to make. I Googled like, and it would also be fun to wear because I just wear a bathrobe around my house on Halloween yeah. or wherever we ended, we're going to end up, which ended up being our house. But of course I couldn't find, they're completely sold out like online everywhere because Squid Game came out like relatively late. I was reading later and it was like, it came out too late for the Halloween costumes to come out oh. for it, which is, I guess, something you have to think about when you make a movie or a TV series. I never really thought about it. But anyway, yeah. so I spent Thursday night after work driving around trying to find an animal mask because i googled it and i was like okay i can get if i get some sort of animal mask i can put some sort of clay and then because it has like this like the sort of grid pattern on the masks and i was like i put Mm. the clay on the already built masks i can carve in the grid and then paint it gold but i need to like do it all on thursday and then so i can or and so i can paint it friday and then touch it up saturday because saturday night was when we're having our halloween party so Anyway, I'm, I'm, I managed to, are they perfect? No, we've been over this. I'm not the artsy one. I got <laughs> a cat mask at Walmart nice. and I got this mask from well, uh, the dollar store. It's supposed to be a mermaid, but it has like fish like spikes at the top. Oh. And one of the VIP masks is like an eagle. And I was like, oh, kind of like, I could make this look eagly. So yeah. then I went to Michael's and I got, I ended up using, um, uh, what's it called? Ma- uh, model magic, whatever. So we finished them and they were like, our friends who'd seen Squid Game got it. it. 
it was fun. It was a pretty cheap costume and I enjoyed it. So nice. that night we just had some friends over. We had lots of snacks. We drank wine. It was lovely. And then on actual Halloween, we actually did Christmas stuff. Uh, my <laughs> brother-in-law loves Christmas and where we live it like in Kelowna, there's no Hallmark store for Hallmark ornaments. The closest is in Penticton, which is about an hour away. So it's our annual tradition. We always take a trip down to Penticton. We go to the Hallmark store. We all buy at least an ornament and then we have dinner. So we went, but I kept it actually kind of on brand for Halloween by buying two Nightmare Before Christmas decorations. So yes, so that was fun. And yeah, that was my only costume. Usually I wear another costume to work, but I didn't go into work on the Friday. So there was no need. Nice, nice. We love, yeah. we love, we love. My other quick little updates. One is we actually booked our flights to Ottawa for Christmas. So Woo! my in-laws are from Ottawa. We are a family, uh, being in the family that lives in my house, that alternate years between families. Um, and last year, Christmas 2020 was supposed to be an Ottawa year. But of course, mm-hmm. the panini caused that to not happen. And not only did we not have an Ottawa Christmas, we didn't even really have a Kelowna Christmas. Yeah. She'd stayed in Vancouver. If you go back and listen to those episodes, you can hear all about it. So we're really excited to be able to go. It's me, my husband, and I, and then my brother in law and his girlfriend as well. And we actually all got on the same flight to Ottawa. They're coming back before us, but, and we're sitting close together. So it should be hopefully a really fun day. We are landing Christmas Eve morning, which is exciting, but you know, I'm really excited for that. Happy to get those booked. In other news, very exciting for me. I am a big, I was born in 1990. So I was a big, like early 2000s music person. Oh my God. Symbol Plan was one of my favorite bands. And I was just thinking the other week how there are definitely on my like bucket list of bands to see. Like I've seen Avril Lavigne, I've seen Green Day, I've saw Blink-182 before they broke up. But it's like Symbol Plan, like I really want to see them. Yeah. And then like three days later, they announced a concert and they're coming to Kelowna. So they're coming with the, the Offspring. The Offspring was actually my last concert I saw pre-COVID. So it's a nice bookend. Um, so I got tickets for that. And then my final note is kind of random. Oh, so what are you going to say? I was going to ask what your favorite Simple Plan song is. I don't know. And I've been listening to them a lot because... Getting ready for the concert. Yeah. And I... Welcome to My Life was a good one. Oh yeah. Yeah, right? Like I was, yeah. I, I put it, like I was like, you know, Addicted comes up because I think it was their first big song. I was, I immediately, my brain started going the song, the lyrics to Addicted. Yeah, so I listened to a lot of stuff. That one's good. I mean, they have some good like ballady ones too, like the Untitled yeah. song about drinking and driving. Oh my God, I remember that being like traumatizing as a teenager watching that. And the perfect song, Hey Dad, Look at Me, Look Back and Talk to Me. Did I grow up according to plan? Like, oh. like the teenage angst. Like the we have, angst. we have a great dad, but I still remember that song being like, yeah. Anyway, and me, dad. I would say I'm just a kid is my ultimate. Yeah, banger. that yeah, that's a good one too. That is like I scream it out in the car every time it comes on top of your lungs. Well, and they just released a new song uh, at this time yesterday. So today is October or November 6th. So yesterday, November 5th, they released a new song called The Antidote. And I really like it. Like I was telling Dan about he's like, is it good? I'm like, it's very simple, plenty. It has the same vibe as their old song, which I'm a big fan of. Uh, And my last note, it's just quick. I was at a baby shower before recording with my friend Catherine and a bunch of people there, people I used to work with. And the one guy, Reese, he brought the book and was like, I'm going to read this to you. You can't keep it. I'm just going to read it. And we're like, 
like Joey and Friends moment. How cute. The book is called Dinosaurs in Love. It is not really suitable for children at all. <laughs> the first page, you open it and it's like beautifully illustrated and it's like dinosaurs eating people. And oh, it's just- <laughs> have you not heard this song before? I had not. No, I had not heard the song. So oh my gosh. Song. We then listened to the song. Okay. But yeah, so it's this guy's kid made up the song or whatever story and he turned it into this illustrated book. But it's hilarious because his, Cerise's brother bought it for his daughter not like knowing what it was about really. Yeah. And so Reese read it to daughter and like halfway through was like, I don't know if I like where this is going. And like, <laughs> and okay, so anyway. I, I don't sure very funny, a four-year-old saying this. Like it's still, it's absolutely suitable for children. You're fine. Well, it was child. like two. At the time, so you're right he lacks the maturity of a four-year-old well now she she's just like where he said as soon as they read it though she was like oh dad and he's like we'd walk by something that like a dead fly she'd be like did the fly die and before that she didn't ask about that so that's good you should introduce death well he did on. he did say it taught her about death but he's like yeah. it just was very unexpected and i was unprepared for this that he's is like fair. and now i read books myself before i read them yeah. to her but anyway yeah, look up the song Dinosaurs in Love. Highly recommend the book. Maybe not like give it to your friends who are parents, but like maybe with a note, like read this by yourselves first because it is hilarious. Just have cooler parents. And we can cut this if you don't want to talk about it, but you posted the other day about an oh, anniversary yeah. that you had, which I feel like we should note. I totally forgot. I like was like thinking like, what, what happened last week? So November 3rd was my four year top surgery anniversary. Yay! So yeah, four years ago, and it's, it's wild to think about it because I just think about how different my life was. Mm-hmm. I was really, it, I was really scared. I had been on, I was working like a job that I lived, work, lived paycheck to paycheck on. And the idea of having to miss work was really scary, but also the idea of having to wait three more years because I'd already been on the list for three years was also really scary. So I got rolled in, mom took me there it was a surgery that was done in the morning and I was let out. I was literally like woke up. They let me out. I was home by like three in the afternoon, maybe like one. It was really quick. Like, and by home, you, you were at mom and dad's. Yeah. Thank yes. You. I went and went with my parents because uh, our parents, because I didn't realize it, but it's not like you're in a lot of pain. It's kind of more so for those of you who maybe had uh, your appendix taken out. It's like there's a large incision on one side that makes it difficult for you just to move your torso around because you're quite weak. Same thing for top surgery. It's just like your upper body is very weak suddenly and you're not really sure what to do. But yeah, it's been four years. My I was looking at it, my scars are like almost gone, which is yeah. shocking. Because when I first like, so I, because I was kind of nervous about work and, and missing time and money and like in hindsight as an older person, I'm like, I had no reason to be worried about this. I should have taken the time that I needed to. I didn't lesson learned. Learn from Jude's mistakes. Learn from if my any mistakes. of you are going in for top surgery in the next time. Do not do two weeks. Do a full month. I did two weeks and it was really hard on me and my body. And it was when your like, job was fairly physical at the time too. Yeah. Like your job now might have been a little bit easier. Oh yeah. If it was now, I just like I'd be working on a bed and I'd be like, I'm not turning my camera on for the next month. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I had a very physical job that I walked to every day. I went to the liquor store. It was a lot. So. I had really red scars at first. I was putting on the bio oil that they recommend that you put on every day. Um, but for a while, I was really scared. And now I was looking at like, they are like white scars. It's weird. It's kind of thinking about it. So yeah, yeah it's been, it's been really fantastic. And um, 
I was really frightened about it for a while, like really nervous. And I would say if you were thinking about it and it's something really on your mind, it is really, really wonderful when it happens. So I ne will never regret having top surgery um, because it, yeah, it, it was really like a life-saving procedure for me. So help to be the man you are today. Some strong, manly looking man. People must think that I'm just a straight cis man. They must, they, they never must, must. <laughs> No, 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 no. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. I just, sorry, I just felt that that deserved no, attention. That that is very reasonable. So yeah, besides my my top surgery anniversary this week, and I was joking, my top, my boy chest is a Scorpio, which I thought was very funny. It is funny. Very funny. I thought it was oh, very funny. Thank you. I also, in celebration, let's call it a celebration of that. I ordered a biddle play suit, which is okay. I have a thing against sweatpants. I don't like them. I don't like how they look on me. And I just like, I would rather be uncomfortable in jeans than like comfortable in sweatpants. And I don't know why, but I really want some like comfy winter clothes. And so instead I got this play suit, which is like, it's got this like amazing, like jewel and chain pattern on it. And it is from- Oh, this play suit. Yes, Caitlin hates it. Uh, and it's Evan from Biddle, uh, who was on Project Runway Canada and Project Runway All-Stars. So it is designer girl. Besides that, I have been re-watching Beast Wars, Transformers. Do you remember this show? I, okay, we're getting to that age where we start to have nostalgia about things, right? This was the first Obviously, thing, simple plan. <laughs> obviously, simple plan. But this was the first thing that I was like, whoa, this is like, so, I, I did not realize that I would be so nostalgic for this. Like, it just like captures, I don't even know, like, 10-year-old. Sometimes there are things like that where you're yeah. like, this? Really? All right. Oh, okay. All right, nostalgia. Defining moment of my childhood, but apparently it was. Yeah. Um, we were watching a whatever happened to, and Beast Wars was one of the episodes, and it's like, why did it just suddenly end? Basically, it was just so expensive to animate it because that it was like, sense. yeah, there was well, something like the computers. Okay. Speaking of nostalgia, though, I because I like keep seeing memes talking about Wishbone, and that's why mm. I sent it to you. I found there's a YouTube channel that has all the Wishbone episodes. Because I was legitimately looking to like actually stream it. But oh, you know what it is? It's the meme. It's like some people, some of you didn't learn about great literature from a dog in costumes and it shows. And <laughs> it made me laugh. And I was like, Wishbone. So, and there was another thing where I was like, it's so nostalgic to me. Wishbone. Yeah. Beast Wars, the 90s. What a time to be alive. A simpler time when you didn't have to work or pay taxes. When, if you're our age. But also the TV was somehow like top tier compared to now top tier There's a lot of funding in children's education i mean you do have a lot of boomers having kids so that's another like we're part of another large bump in population i don't know i'm, I'm talking about my butt besides that i am getting by the end of november i will have three new tattoos i saw your note i was like i am not aware that you already have three new tattoos i see by the end of november yes yeah, so i got one new tat i want one tattoo two weeks ago which is candy corn it's so cute and even our parents were like wow it's really cute and our parents yeah, hate tattoos listeners i've been not. knocking down the park though like how can they be mad at me for getting like david like yeah that's a dad classic art david on my arm and then candy corn i mean like come on tomorrow i am getting a, a smoking mushroom which my which our parents will not like but that's fine it's going around my ankle and like 50 then, 50 at this point like 50 they love they don't but i am getting next weekend a tattoo on my horror leg as well so where i got the candy corn one and it is a a flash piece that is 
the house from Midsummer when it's on fire. Oh yes, yeah. Like a blue rose under it. It is so gorgeous, and I'm super excited. I'm already messaging the tattoo artist about potentially getting her to do a Black Phillip one for me as well. So Candy Corner was by Addison Finch, who he was super rad. The Mushroom I'm Getting Tomorrow is by Kingsley, who goes by That's a Good Looking Dog on Instagram. And then I'm getting um, the Midsummer Burning House from WTF Gabby, who works at Supercat Tattoo. Nice, nice, excellent. On that note, Jude, what are you drinking? I am drinking a stout from Backcountry called The Night is a Very Dark Time for Me. Uh, that is from Blades of Glory, if you're trying to figure out where that movie line is from. It is a coffee, coconut, villa, and tonka bean stout, and it is really, really nice. It's a breakfast scout. It just means that it's, like, got some sweetness to it, but is it really, really sweet? And I love a good stout, especially in winter, because, A, perfect for, like, cold weather. But also, I'm, like, we've been chatting for almost two hours now. No, I guess an hour now. And I have been, like, I'm halfway down it, whereas normally I'd be on my second beer. So it just, it takes a lot longer to drink as well, which is nice. And I find stouts that they get a little warm are still really good, whereas some of the beers start to taste, like, weird if they get warm. Well, there's some people I know who, like, if they buy a stout, they, they do not refrigerate it. They just drink it warm. Okay, well, it's not get crazy. It's like a wild. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking, it's called Felicet. It's like a Grenache Rouge from France. It has cats and astronaut suits out on it. And in 1963, Felicet became the first cat to travel into space. Felicet is dedicated to those who travel that bit further, those who dream, those adventurous souls. Is that cat survived? Space cat. I guarantee you it did not. Don't ask yeah. more questions. You no, won't no. like the answer. I'm Sorry. So I don't want to hear it. It's okay. I'm already done. <laughs> All right, Kate. So what are we doing this month? This month. So if you heard last episode or if you read the description of this episode we are doing my goodness nano remo rimo nano rimo i guess that makes more sense nano rimo if you're like me when you just this and are like wtf <laughs> don't worry i'm here i'm here to help so nano rimo the like entity is a nonprofit that believes in the transformational power of creativity which we 100% get behind. Yes. They provide structure, community, and encouragement to help people find their voices, achieve creative goals, and build new worlds on and off the page. So NaNoWriMo is sort of like a short form for a National Novel Writing Month. Mm-hmm. Where it comes from. And National Novel Writing Month began in 1999 as a daunting but straightforward challenge to write 50,000 words of a novel in 30 days. Now, each year on November 1st, hundreds of thousands of people around the world begin to write, determined to end the month with the 50,000 50, words of a brand new novel. They enter the month as elementary school teachers, mechanics, stay-at-home parents, podcasters, and they Ooh. leave as novelists. So the NaNoWriMo website hosts more than a million writers, serving as a social network with author profiles, personal project libraries, and writing buddies. NaNoWriMo tracks words for writers like Fitbit, tracks like Fitbit tracks steps and hosts real world writing events in cities from Mexico to Seoul to Milwaukee with the help of 900 plus volunteers and thousands of partnering libraries and community centers like well nothing else. So that was all from the nanoremo.org website. So yeah it's a it's yeah it's a challenge to write a novel in one month. Yeah. Long and short of it. Which is fun. 
it's a nice premise for us to go for. I'm I'm intrigued to see if we hit fifty thousand words because I apparently I, I was checking the numbers. You need to write like sixteen hundred words a day, and it's six. And I don't think either of us have started yet. So history. First off, you already know NaNoWriMo was founded in July of nineteen ninety nine. So NaNoWriMo originally happened in July. It was founded by Chris Batty, who is the only person to you can win NaNoWriMo by hitting that fifty thousand word count. Uh, he's the only person who's ever won every single year. He is the Seems author... like he's cheating. Cheating. He is the author of No Pro- No Plot, No Problem, which was released in 2004 and updated in 2014. He did a lot of free... He seems like a freelance writer from what I could find. Um, his freelance writing work has appeared in publications such as Lonely Planet, SF Weekly, and East Bay Express. An alumnus of UC Berkeley and the University of Chicago, he lives in San Francisco Bay Area. So... Uh, in July 1999, 20 people, as well as other people, as well as Chris, uh, participated in this all in the San Francisco Bay Area. The project began not because Batty and his friends had great ideas for a great American novel, but because they wanted to write novels for the same dumb reasons 20-something starts fans, which I love and iconic. Yes. After grabbing the shortest novel off his shelf, which happened to be Adolf, Huck- Adolf-, Adolf Huxley's Brave New World, which is one of my favorite novels. And doing a rough word count, the numbers that Rymo's write today strive, write, to, write today, strive for what was set in stone then. Six of the 21 participants, including Batty, completed the challenge. After 1999, Nano Rymo moved from July to November to take advantage of the miserable weather, which I also love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 2000 was the first year of Nano Rymo where it had rules. I had a website called nanorimo.com. Remember 2000, this was the dark ages of the internet. It was the first year of the Yahoo group. Uh, 2000 was also the year of rules as Rimo started to ask Chris Bailey what they could write, or Chris Batty, pardon me, what they could write. That year, Baby verified the winning novels himself by running each word counter, running a word counter on each novel. The event had 140 participants and 29 winners. In 2001, the event became much more possible when 5,000 participants showed up. So again, that is 140 to 5,000. Like the year before, Beatty, with the help of some friends, entered each participant into the system and invited them to the Yahoo group manually, but eventually had to put a deadline on sign up because of the volume of participants. The nanorimo.com site was encouraged to find a new web host due to consuming resources of the other sites on the server. Uh, when he announced the official validations would be canceled that year due to the number of winners, participants participants validated each other's novels. That's uh, so cool. End, I know. In the end, over 700 participants were validated. And that's sort of all that's the early history of NaNoWriMo. And it was just super cute. So I love that it's just, I love the fact that they were like, let's do it in July. And they're like, actually, you know, it is a terrible month. November. November. Right then. <laughs> I, I like would petition for a second version in uh, January. Because oh, in Canada, yeah. in particular, I feel like everywhere, but in particular where we live, January is the worst month. It's like Do you have dark like a, pl- a January plan? I feel like everyone always does either like, I know some people who do a no spend January, which I was thinking about doing, or a no drink no January drink. is popular. Yeah. I just try to survive January. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Because it's true. Like right now it's like it's getting dark tomorrow is daylight savings Ugh. so it's gonna be even darker earlier which sucks but right now at least you're like you're running off the high come halloween the halloween decorations are still up in like a week today's the the sixth in yes. 12 days or six days so that after remembrance day i can put my christmas decorations up 
And I like December, I don't like how cold it is. So half of like, but half of November and all of December, you have Christmas lights. So even though it's dark, the lights are up and it's fun mm-hmm. and exciting. And then January, it's like, we have nothing. Like what's the next holiday Valentine's day? I'm with somebody and I still find Valentine's day mildly like irritating at best. So it's like, eh. So no, my January plan is generally to survive. And I've always said, if I ever did a no drink month, I would choose February because it's the shortest month. Smart, very smart, very reasonable. We could potentially do our make everything ourselves month in January. That would be super fun. I think that might be really cute. Either it should be that or like a summer month. Because the nice thing about the summer month is that there'd be a lot of produce available. Although our house signed up for oh gosh we because we were late we couldn't get onto the fall box which is kind of sad because like apples and onions and stuff but we're on the winter box so if we're on the end of winter box I think we have a chance of getting into the spring box so yeah actually that that might be really fun because I remember we got a box last year one of the cafes near our house was doing a grocery box uh mm-hmm. while they're closed down which was amazing and it was so great because it was just like you're like okay I have I got I received these product products that I would never get myself what can I make with them? And that was kind of a fun. And my other thought is I'm a big soup person in the wintertime. Uh, and yes. that's pretty easy to do from scratch, generally. Yeah. Gotta do, we can do uh, another broth episode. Or we haven't done a broth episode yet. We did soup making. We should do like a bonus episode of, of broth making because um, we like to do our huge vat of faux broth. And it would be fun to film. Maybe yeah, we'll I like it, it. I feel like we should sprinkle in some more bonuses. bonuses. Let us know on social media or by email if you'd like more bonus episodes. Yes, absolutely. Speaking of whatever, this really actually has nothing to do with anything. What you need to do now, <laughs> Rymo. I tried really hard for a good transition and just wasn't there. It's Sorry, okay. everyone. I love you. My apologies to you all. Y'all love you. It's fine. Thank you. What you need, one, an idea. <laughs> and something to write with. That's truly all you really need. Those are the two yes. things you need. You need to have like some sort of idea, something to write with. And then I would say internet access so you can access all the resources. Um, so I think we both took our information, at least I took mine from nanorimo.org, which is our website, which we'll of course link. There are a lot of resources there. And then another thing I just wanted to note is they also do a NaNoWriMo prep session, which actually starts in <laughs> September. Yeah. Which we did not do, but maybe a teacher. So it's like, it's, it's like a good, it breaks down even further, like how to make this happen basically, but you can also download the entire thing and do it at your own pace. So the other thing I like about this is it's, it's kind of like, although you can quote unquote win it just by writing 50,000 words, as Jude said. Yeah. It is like really a strong community as I feel like demonstrated in that story about people validating each other's novels. Yeah. And they, they basically just want to encourage people to write. And so, yeah, if, if November for whatever reason doesn't work for you, you could absolutely do it in January um, and all the resources are there for you. So yeah, at the end of the day, all you really need is something to write with. So whether that's computer, pencil and paper, whatever, um, stone and chisel, you do you uh, and an idea. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, I kind of love this for the fact that it is pretty low barrier to get yeah. into it. And I, everything, yeah, all these things I've like, well, you started prepping for this in September. And I was like, oh, no. look, we are here for you. <laughs> if you want to, so this episode actually comes out tomorrow because we had oh, whatever Halloween break. So we are based on the same state as you. And Gina, I haven't talked to you about this, but I propose that we release we wait not one week, but two weeks, and we release at the end of November. So November 28th being the final episode. Um, yeah. So it gives us some extra time. And so these friends, you 
are based on the same place that we are. So if we can do it, you can do it. Yes. I'm I assuming we'll be able to do it. Fingers crossed. Do you Heck have yeah. some tips for us, Jude, since we were talking about trying some... to be so successful? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I got some really great tips. I got it from Vloggerly. I know exactly what I searched up to get it. Okay. So I got it from uh, Reedsy Blog, uh, which is just a blog about writing, I guess. So here are the nine tips that I have. One, find a story that you absolutely love. If you don't like, like, there's a note that don't write for what you think people want to hear, write for what you enjoy doing. Love but it. also, number two, is understand what people like to read in the first place. Think about, like, the story that you love, what the demographic is for it. Who is this angle for? Is it for young teens, adults? Is it for kids? Like, what, who are you going towards? You know, people who like Simple Plan, people who like Beast Wars, what's <laughs> going on? Come up with strong characters. Mm-hmm. which is I think my number one fun thing to do number four write a single sentence story concept before you start great Ooh. way just to understand what is tight about your story and get kind of a kickoff to it consider right. writing a chapter by chapter outline just to give yourself a good sort of framework to work in or plot only your most important scenes and let everything kind of flow with that uh, make sure that you research and build the world of your novel. So for me, I am going to be doing uh, early 2000s Southern France for my novel. So going to be looking to that. What kind of fashion people were wearing back then? What the kind of look was? I'm going to try and hunt down the couple of the sets that I want to do to build out that world. Is there anything different about it? What are the rules? Yeah. Let your characters determine the story. So if they are strong, they will kind of tell you where they need to go. Finally, treat your writing time as a job. Set off a certain amount of time every day or every week, give yourself a shift in it, and treat it as seriously as you would treat a job. Love that. Yeah. Love it. So Jude, this was your idea. So what is your vibe check? What is your experience level, thoughts, feelings, etc.? Have you ever written? Have you done a lot of writing? I actually don't know. I did a lot of writing when I was in high school and younger. I was always like a very cringy writer, I think. But I really enjoyed writing, and it was one of the things that I really missed when I went to art school they're really only like there's one creative writing class that I took on second year there was your two sort of standard first year English classes but there really wasn't anything more about writing interesting things and I really missed that I kind of fell out of practice and I've done a couple of little spreads of writing I've tried doing the like 750 uh, words a day of just like writing and expressing your thoughts and stuff so I really enjoy writing but it's definitely something that I have super fallen out of path of. I do have a lot of friends in high school actually who were really getting into NaNoWriMo. So this would have been around 2003 to 2005. It was because I was a huge nerd, as you know. Your friends and would I, be, yeah. Yeah, right? And I, I never did it then either. So I thought that this would be something really cool that I hadn't done before, but was sort of, a, you know, something that everyone talks about having the time to write a novel or do this great masterpiece. And so this would just be a fun way for us to get into it. And we've talked about writing our film scripts and writing our sort of stories so much with each other. That seemed like kind of a fun way to, you know, shove it into the podcast too. How about you? Yes. So I have done probably more writing than you. Discussed, I feel like every episode, I'm not the artsy one, like fine arts wise, but I did do all my writing in high school and I did take a creative writing class in university, but I found the prof like really, really challenging. It actually ended up being one of the worst marks I had in university. I think if not the worst one, and I hated the class, which was a huge disappointment because prior to that I had been in like advanced placement English and all this other stuff so that was a bummer but I haven't really written anything since then just because of life I guess 
so I'm excited. I, I, I loved writing. I always have. I do a little bit of writing, like copywriting for work, which is not the same. But, you know, it keeps that foot in the door a little bit. And I have, like, I wanted to get back in copywriting. And I've, I love writing. Yeah. And, you know, when you're doing the history and you're talking about how the, um, the guy, Batty, Beatty, who started this and how he has written for Lonely Planet, like, I would love nothing more than to write a guy book about the Galapagos and have an excuse right. to go back there every year. So I love writing. This seems like I'm really, really, really excited for this to be, like, a reason to do it. And hopefully it, like, sparks something. Maybe I'll be able to sell our script for millions of dollars and then we can buy a mansion in Nova Scotia and write and then spend the oh. other half of our year traveling. I forgot. But. I have a lottery ticket to scratch afterwards the other. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, yeah, I'm excited too. I do wish that I, I mean, maybe that I'd started in November, but I also like, I am a person who does well under pressure. I am yes. the person at university who did all of my, I, I had a very like paper heavy degree because I was in did an arts degree about the environment and so mm-hmm. I wrote the majority of my papers within 72 hours of being due like I started them maybe I had a rough outline so it's fine this is my jam what are you doing with your mouth I'm just like this is just so you know if you're someone else like this you may want to get checked out for ADHD because this is a oh. classic <laughs> I, I'm curious about that so as Jude mentioned up top moments ago, we have had these ideas for scripts, movie scripts for quite some time. And we just have sort of like, we always throw them around. And it's like, when we have these conversations, we're going to move to Nova Scotia and write movie scripts and blah, blah, blah. This podcast is really the first thing where we've had this idea. And we actually like fully followed through on it within yeah. a year of coming up with it. And it was like within two months. So like, here is where our energy went, but here's our future energies are also going to these. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've talked about, we love horror movies, but you know, as we discussed on our last episode, we talked about horror movies we love. We have issues with a lot of them, whatever. We've consumed a lot of it and we feel like we have ideas that could be successful. So yeah. I am going to tackle one of our script concepts, which I think writing as a novel is a great place to start. And it is about a hike. So I've mentioned it before, I believe. But for almost, well, three and a half years ago, I was on a hike with some friends and we ended up getting very lost and actually had to be evacuated out of our hike. But there are some like things that happened on the hike that were quite creepy that, I mean, at the end of the day, we all made it home safely, but there it was, it's great inspiration for a horror movie because it very easily could have gone very differently at like so many different turns so do not talk about a lot we've like thrown ideas a lot thrown the idea around a lot so i am going to tackle that concept this hike horror movie based on a true story in mine dude what about you for me i am doing mine it's a little bit more of a stretch it is based off of a trip that we took when we were younger to france where we did a house exchange and that house was full of things that we did not expect. And some of them were very ooky spooky. And so that is what I'm going to be writing my novel on. So I'm super excited. This one's a little bit more of a looser concept. I would say like we haven't worked as much on it. There's really like, yes, I think yes. we're both scripts. There's like really key scenes in our mind that always come up when we talk about it. But this one is just a little bit more up in the air. So I'm really excited to see what's going on. It's a newer concept. We've been sort of workshopping the hike concept on and off basically since it happened so almost three years where this the french house concept like we were there in 2014 
2004, I mean, or 2005. Yeah. <laughs> what is time? 2004, 2005, one of the two. I think it's 2005. Yeah. The idea has been mulling, but it definitely hasn't been flushed out. I'm yeah, excited. exactly. So yeah, I'm excited to see what you uh, what you rock. Me too. All right. Next episode, which will come out on November 28th. So just a reminder, instead of it being in two weeks, it'll be three weeks to give us time to really make this happen for you. Um, and we'll yeah. go over how it went. We'll talk about our stories. And then we will share our story, at least pieces of them, somehow, some way, probably on Patreon. Yeah. I yet. TBD. It's a blog, maybe. Yeah. It will at least, at least share, like, uh, snippets. Yeah. Probably not the whole thing. In case, you know, we get published. Oh, yes, in case. Don't want to give it. Don't do anything for free that you can make money on. Correct. Um, and on, the two Egypts who are running this podcast. We make money off Patreon. Negative money off Patreon. It's anyway. for the fun. Um, so... Fun. On that note, thank you for listening. It's nice that even though we are doing this for negative money, that we have people listening and people participating. We appreciate you yeah. all. We got Each and every one of you. Real fantastic participation. And um, we love you for it. We do. For more information, for links, or to support the show, go to friendsandhobbies.com. Uh, that's where you see yeah, photos and the links are particular are there and you know other cool fun stuff. Follow us on social media at Friends of Niche Hobbies on Facebook, Instagram, and on TikTok. And if you have a niche hobby you'd like us to try, email us at friendswithnichehobbiespodcast at gmail.com. Thank you to both Steph and Rachel who sent us podcast or hobby podcast hobby recommendations last week. Um, yeah. I'm not going to share what they are because I think we are probably going to try at least one, if not both of them. So yeah stay tuned for that but do you know we do read your emails like actually we read them we don't have people who yeah. work for us who read them um <laughs> and we text each other about them and we get very excited so if you have hobbies you'd like to try please 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 send us an email we'd love to hear from you yeah please subscribe and review tell a friend it helps us a lot thank you so much to our patrons if you would like to support us with our patreons or buy us a beverage you can head over to our website with links to both of those thank you so much to rachel for also buying us a drink Mm-hmm. Um, as she covered our podcast for one of her school courses, which we love. And we're honestly blown away by that. So very, very cool. Remember to be awesome to each other. We are still in the thick of this panini pandemic. And, you know, the only ones who can make it marginally more uh, enjoyable is each other. So. Ah! <laughs> Thank you for saving me. I punish you the Zoom lady. <laughs> no. Wait, was your dog farting back there? Nebs. It's a baby dog. Can I help you? So cute. Oh, I can't handle it. (laughs) But I am.